When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Ears up podcast. We're back in the studio, and uh, it's hot already. It is warm in here. I had to. I was wearing a sweatshirt earlier because I was like, "Oh, it's like kind of comfortable today." I'm going to pretend like it's fall and put on a sweatshirt. And man, <laughs> it's, I'm boiling now. I'm going to pretend like it's fall. God, it's I sixty degrees in the mountains right now. That's so nice. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I miss fall. I'm excited. For yeah, that. I mean, I miss fall too. But you know what? I, honestly, the summer hasn't been too bad yet because there's been a, a fair amount of cool, cooler days. Like today, it was like mid 70s because we just had this weird marine layer come in or whatever. Mm. It was like odd. It was weird. Like, oh, that's you know interesting. But it's not bad. Ha- sure is hot outside now. <laughs> Man, I tell you, before we get to the show, I'm having I'm having problems with my new glasses. Eric, you and I talked about this on in depth last week. Your bifocals. They are progressives. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. I don't know if it's like today was like the most, the most computer reading I've had to do. But my eyes, man, are hurt. and it feels like nothing is in focus now. So I don't know. I gotta, I gotta figure it out. But it's very tough. That's what tough I day. hear, and I, I believe in you. You'll Thank get you. there. Thanks, man. Uh, for my part, my bionic eyes are doing great. Um, for the, for the, for the internet viewer, I am wearing regular yeah. glasses for vision. <laughs> distance vision oh man um i do need those yes yeah well look man i don't know it's it's uh it's weird i don't like it i don't like the change my body is rejecting it i think <laughs> so we'll see i gotta give it another week and a half and then uh the eyeglass place is like look just come back we'll replace them if if you don't like it i'm like oh huh? there we go i mean what am i, I remember when them? my great grandfather had to go through his bifocal um conditioning like three months ago yeah okay your great-grandfather is still alive uh or were you making a joke no i was making a joke yes yes i I have i have i have no grandfathers (laughs) at this point i do have a grandmother who's still alive wow yeah show off (laughs) uh all right on today's show we are going to tackle the very heated topic of disney adults Mm -hmm. what is a disney adult what does it mean to be a disney adult and why do people care so much? I don't know really the answers to any of these questions. I do have a lot of, uh, you know, anecdotal, you know, chit chat across the Internet, across different articles that have been written over the years about Disney adults. But it's probably about time that we tackle this and we sort of define it because mm-hmm. nobody really knows what it means. I do. You, well, you do. Well, you're I've, smart. I've determined what it means. But to different oh, people, it means different things. So I think if we can try to put a um, you know a definition on it or whatever, and then uh, you know talk about it, talk about what it means to be a Disney adult, I think maybe uh, we can take the sting out of it because I know a lot of people do like to use it as a um, uh, I don't want to say you know a hateful term, but like you know a derogatory 
Insult. Yeah. Insult. It's insulting. It's supposed to be insulting. Yeah. I don't Garning like internet. It. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like Karen. That's like, right. Yeah. To me, I, like I was thinking about it driving home today, and I it it I think the way it's used, like in the media, and the way people because nobody you don't describe yourself as a Disney adult. Nobody's doing that. So it's when somebody's calling somebody else a Disney adult. Yeah. That's and so it's I I think it's kind of like the term Karen. Yeah, something like that. Well, you know what is better than being called a Disney adult is going to the parks. And the best way to go to the parks, of course, is through Concy Ears. You go to ConcyEars.com and you buy your tickets. Through Concy Ears, they will charge you nothing more than what the park charges you. It's just like buying from the park, but it's all the back-end support that you get. It's like uh, booty-lifting pants, right? They support your back-end. They make the back-end feel the right. Or, yeah, jeans. Yeah, right, you know? Hmm. Uh, ears with a concy, I guess. Is, anyway. <laughs> um, and so they'll help you plan your vacation. They'll help you book your hotel rooms and do all do all that kind of you know fun stuff. Your dinner reservations help you navigate the park. The Disney Genie Plus, the now the Magic Band Plus, or what all the pluses in the world, they will help you do all that for free. It's no extra cost to you guys. Concierge.com. They are official travel partner of this show of this network. And, uh, you know, they're good people. Most of them are good people. Most of them. Yeah. We do have a few, a few bad eggs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you work and with one of them on a show and then you're the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You, you, we segregated both of us into the Supreme Resort and yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Right. Yeah. We're contained. That's, that's why you guys have your own pod. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm comfortable with this. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. If you want to support the show, and we don't, why wouldn't you after this amazing banter beforehand, go to Etsy.com slash shop slash Coveyers. Buy a bunch of shirts and Coveyers and all the kind of cool stuff that we have for sale over on our Etsy store. Maybe the best way, however, is Patreon.com slash Ears Up. And you, you can uh, become a Patreon supporter for as little as, I think, two bucks a month. But if you want to be five bucks a month, we're doing our secret show tonight, actually. But you can join at any time. The whole back catalog of secret shows is available for you on Patreon. You also get a uh, your own private feed for the shows with no ads. Nice. So if you just watch, if you just listen to the shows on you know your regular you know podcatcher app like Stitcher or iTunes or whatever, you hear the the commercials that are put in, which you know you just got to do it. But if you're a Patreon supporter, you don't have to deal with that muck. So. If that's not enough incentive, and you get discounts on uh, the Etsy store, too, by the way, oh, nice. depending on your oh. levels. Yeah. So there you go. Join us, patreon.com slash ears up. We're also on Discord, too. And uh, the show link is, or the Discord link is always in the show notes. So join. We had a couple new people join last week, actually, mm-hmm. too. So it's uh, it's neat. I think the trick with, with Discord is you have to, you have to turn your alerts on for every, like, room. So if you just join and then you don't turn any alerts on, you're just never, you're like, what? No one's talking. Yeah. But uh, every day. You have to go check. It's oh, conversation. Yeah, there's, lo- there's lots of things going on. Yeah. I was talking about the Lollapalooza that's streaming today right now on Hulu. Yep. We're missing it. Yeah. yeah. It's just Metallica yeah. though. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those guys. They're, they're just suddenly popular again for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because of a song that they wrote 25 years ago. <laughs> Never cares, been a Metallica dude. fan. Neither have I. It's not. My What's thing. a Netflix? It's like um, Highlight. Oh, game. oh, I know Highlight. Yes. Yeah, and then it, yes. but it's into Nets. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm, I'm into that. I Thanks, like that. Man. Yeah. But yeah, there's some cool bands on on Hulu or on uh, on Lollapalooza this morning. The, to today, I had to turn it off because there was some uh, some <laughs> gal who was it's pretty racy material. Uh, yeah. That was uh, there's had some dancer and she was literally feeling herself. And I'm like, all right, Alice, let's because uh, you know I uh, when whenever these um, Bonnaroo was the last festival. I tried to remember on on in depth last weekend. I couldn't remember. They did Bonnaroo. They did this one, and I like having it on during the day. Because it sort of exposes myself, but also Alice to different music. I mean, we have a pretty eclectic playlist in the house. You know, new wave and you know rap and you know easy listening or whatever. I don't know. We just kind of you know play a bunch of stuff. But it's nice to to sort of learn about new music. But sometimes there's like you know the racier crowd as the night goes on, or it's like, ooh, that's no, I can't. My my kid just watching and she's oh, she's showing her booty. I'm like, yeah, yeah that was there's this gal in the. Um, a bikini made of uh, a denim. Mm-hmm. So there was that. It's <laughs> like, all right, just denim's back. Cheeks out for the whole set, 45 minutes or whatever. And I was like, I mean, it's just a butt, so I'm not worried about it. But uh, then the next act came on. I was like, oh, we can't. No, it's yeah, too much. It was a little too much. Yeah. But anyway, Lollapalooza. Uh, not appropriate for the boardroom or for the children. Right. That's whichever, correct. Whichever room full of boards you're in. Yeah, man. <laughs> It was uh, it was something, man. But I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Porn for Pyros are playing um, probably about this time. I think maybe start seven, seven thirty. I don't know, something like that. That's the big thing I'm looking forward to. But you know, it's cool, man. It's a good time. So far, I haven't heard anything that was awful, like that I didn't want to listen to. And um, yeah. yeah, there was a band in- Inhaler. They weren't too great, but I I got into it. I was like, man, Alice, I think this kind of sucks, huh? She goes, yeah. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say that. She goes, no. Yeah. What if she says Terry Farrell sucks? And he, what are you going to do then? I would, I would, first of all, I would correct her and say his, his name is Perry Farrell. Oh, Perry. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, then I would ground her for not, for not knowing. Who is it? Well, that? I guess I'm grounded too. Yeah. The uh, lead singer of Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros. And he started Lollapalooza. Oh. Yeah. Did not know. Yeah. Terry. Yeah. Terry. Our friend Terry. Terry Farrell. Our friends at the 21st Amendment Brewery welcome the warmer weather with the release of their brand new hoppy pilsner, Coaster Pills. With a label that depicts a magical portal into an amusement park of flavors, Coaster Pills has a good time around every turn. Coaster Pills is wonderfully clear and bright with a beautiful straw color and tight white bubbles. It has a snappy flavor with crisp lines and wonderful citrus tropical hoppy flavors and aromas. Plus, at 5.4% ABV, it'll help you coast right through your day like only the 21st Amendment can. Coast your pills, as well as our summertime favorite Hell or High Watermelon Wheat, are available wherever you find great craft beer. That's right. Uh, all right, Eric, you ready for your seggy? Sure. I don't know why my seggy wasn't telling people about beer, but okay. It's fine. Everybody fall into this smooth groove. Eric, what's your segment about, young man? What is this called? I should have been more prepared, but I'm not. It's okay. It's okay. I threw it out there pretty recently. Eric is eating again. This is the opposite of uh, Eric ran around Disneyland a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, Now I just eat at Disneyland. It's fine. That's fair. Man, Eric's eating. Here he goes. He's eating again, folks. Where are you eating today, buddy? What I'm eating today is food at the Carnation Cafe. Let's start 
uh, at the beginning of Disneyland, where the carnation name uh, began with Disneyland. The carnation ice cream parlor was sponsored by, surprise, it's the Carnation Milk Company. Whoa. Yes, right? Uh, it's one of those innovations that Walt really liked on Main Street USA because it made it feel like an actual town to have a an ice cream parlor. The red and white colors outside the shop mirrored that of the Carnation brand. There was even a classic Carnation milk delivery truck parked along the street that was designed by Bob Gurr huh. uh, be- because uh, they didn't really have anything like that on hand. So uh, it was one of the many Gurr mobiles that... He went, uh, I, I don't know, this looks like a truck. Here we go. Yeah, it slapped I'll this together. It. Right, right. The next uh, doors down from the Carnation ice cream parlor were the Sunnyview Farms that sold jams and jellies and the Puffin Bake Shop that sold baked puffins. And just a year later, Carnation Plaza Gardens opened it, it, completely different, completely separate from these other Carnation places and main, main Street places. It was a bandstand in Disneyland's Town Square, so Carnation got a double uh, double dose of branding in early Disneyland. They got that you double could dip. Eat there. Wait, can, yeah. can I interrupt for a second? What's a puffin? Yeah, that's my question too. It's no, a bird. A puffin, a, a puffin is not quite a penguin. Okay, it's a but this deep fried bird, flightless bird, I think, right? I mean, presumably they made they made other baked goods. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps I'm just being Wait. glib. Are we talking about food or a bird? I'm confused. <laughs> no, a puffin is a is a is a pastry, I guess, but I, I honestly don't know what it is. Yeah. No, no, no. It was it was a bake it, it was a bakery called the Puffin Bake Shop. The Puffin Bake and, Shop. Oh, oh and you yes. said they sold puffins. Yeah. And you were being Baked funny. Puffins. I was being funny. Oh, okay. see, I I, right. I heard that and I was like, I really want a puffin. What is that? Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> no, Never heard no, of that. No, don't deep fried puffins, that's that's a that's a not a good thing. Okay. Lots of bone, yeah. Lots of feathers in there because you Sorry. never really know. Like with baked goods, yeah. they got some weird names. Okay, they do you know? I mean, what is a to me that bread just sounded, stick? Yeah, it just sounded like a sounded like a donut. Yeah, or like, sounded like, like a cruller like or something like that. Yeah, there we go. No, it was just a bakery. It's right. fine. I'm I'm glad I'm glad I powered through that. Yeah, me <laughs> that too. Bad joke. It kept going. Yeah, and you pulled me back and said, "Wait, <laughs> hang on." Hang, Hang on. on. Let's Wait, talk I think there that. was a joke here somewhere. Let's dissect it. Let's jump into it. Did he I'm not did quite he just sure. go past that? <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Yes, he did. Uh, the Carnation Plaza Gardens uh, was was home to many jazz acts and other uh, other rockin' folk for many years. Uh, but the main bandstand was donated to the city of Anaheim in 1962. So back to the ice cream. The Carnation Ice Cream Parlor eventually sold Sundays with names based off of Disneyland attractions like the Matterhorn, Splash Mountain, and Star Tours. In 1985, Nestle purchased the brand and would remove it from all lines except for evaporated milk. I'm sure you've all heard about Carnation Instant Breakfast and such things. We don't nowadays associate Carnation with ice cream, right? Right. Yeah, it just wasn't synonymous with that anymore because Nestle went, ah, we got our own ice cream stuff. Like, forget it. <laughs> yeah, but what we don't have is condensed milk that we really right. need to steal some branding on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powdered milk, condensed milk. We need that. That's what the world needs. And they need a good brand like Carnation. <laughs> That's right. Right. Now, in 1997, in January of 1997, the original parlor closed. 
Uh, the countertop from the Carnation Cafe was then moved to the new Gibson Girl Parlor that we have hmm. now on Main Street. Okay. That's cool. That's neat. Uh, despite the lack of, uh, of advertising money or anything like that, uh, Disney moved the name Carnation back to West Center Street, where a new outdoor bistro opened in March of 1997. They were allowed to use the name Carnation Cafe as long as it didn't refer to dried milk or condensed milk, but instead referred to the flower, which is a, it's a thing. It's a carnation. You you had that at, at many high school functions where you gave a carnation to somebody, right? Yeah. So it's no, it's no longer associated with the brand. It's just the flower. Exactly. Okay. Just a flower. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Forget, forget the, uh, the association. It's gone now. It's dead now. Yeah. Uh, The location proved popular, and in 2008, the cafe expanded into what was then the Blue Ribbon Bakery. Outside, the vintage red and white striped awnings invite guests inside. Dark red floral wallpaper and wooden trim might make you feel like you're in a Shakey's Pizza if you're from the Midwest and you know what Shakey's Pizza (laughs) is. But uh, Victorian stained glass fixtures are way nicer than anything you'd find in a 1980s pizza pub. Uh, check out some photos of Walt as you enter the building and as we wait for your table and wander around there. Uh, in case you forget where you are, the fresh carnations at every table might jog your memory. <laughs> the Carnation Cafe is open every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner nowadays. Uh, breakfast is kind of standard for Disney. They have Mickey waffles. They have other other favorite things. Uh, the... The breakfast potatoes here in particular were developed by Chef Oscar, a man who spent most of his life working at Disneyland. He retired in 2017 at the age of 81, uh, having spent his last few years working as an ambassador at the restaurant. He basically just greeted guests as they walked into the restaurant and then walked around and said, hey, what do you what do you plan on doing today? He had been there since 1956. That's just how Which I work. Great. That's how I work normally in any office situation. I don't really do anything. I just walk around and say, "Hey, what are you? What are you planning on doing today?" So he worked right. at yeah. Disney since it's the first year it's been open. He wasn't. He wasn't there from the first year. He came in in 1956 and he worked various jobs and then eventually ended up at working in food service. And he developed at the Carnation Cafe in particular the the. Oscar breakfast, and which included these potatoes that had r- red peppers and green peppers in them. It, that kind of a, a little bit above standard breakfast potatoes, a little bit more flavor, a little bit more spicy, uh, just something extra. And mm. that's credited to him. And then he kept working there forever and retired as a as a celebrity in this location like who (laughs) who wouldn't want to work at a place long enough where they're like don't retire can we'll just keep paying you can you just keep coming back and just say hi to people yeah Yeah. just come in and uh, we'll still pay you but don't have to do anything right you're a really nice person and people like seeing you yeah that's kind of nice yeah it is it's almost like being a podcaster i'm just kidding nobody knows what we look like no no Nobody knows about my my horn. That's true. The horn I have out the back of my head. That's true. I thought it was a ponytail. Yeah. Nope. It's a horn. Uh, well, that's cool. Good for Oscar, man. I'm glad. <laughs> right. 
Anyway, lunch and dinner are also fairly traditional American fare at the Carnation Cafe, although the dishes are, in my experience, fairly good. Uh, This is one of the best places to enjoy some of Walt's chili, Mm -hmm. which is not the same as the weird, gross chili that Walt himself would make out of two different brands of canned chili. He's like, I like this chili because of the beans. I like this chili because of the meat. I mix them together because it's uh, the 50s. It makes perfect sense to me. And I'm extraordinarily wealthy. Yeah. 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 Why not? Uh, They have roasted pork sandwiches, burgers, club sandwiches, the sort of normal things you would find at a regular American diner. The the menu changes um, fairly frequently. Sadly, before COVID, they they started offering these TV dinners that were kind of chintzy, but but interesting. (laughs) Um, Like it seemed it it seemed like a cool way to expand the 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 brand there mm-hmm. even though it's kind of victorian and um a different time period i don't know it's fine there's good american food there they do have a sustainable catch of the day now which is pretty appealing to somebody like me who lives in the mountains and doesn't know what a fish looks like they also have a killer patty melt i i've only been to this restaurant a few times I will definitely return. It's not too hard to get reservations. It's right there on Main Street. It's a pleasant place to hang out. The the tables are a little bit cramped. Sometimes, you know, whether you're sitting inside or outside, they're all a little bit close together. But where else can you hang out in the shade on Main Street, listening to the Dapper Dans, listening to the vehicles driving up and down the street? Uh, You're also a star in this area because everybody's walking by going, what's that? What's that? place <laughs> why why are they why do they get to eat breakfast i'm i'm just walking down and i just got a, a like something lame from starbucks and a it coffee is, also from starbucks a bit like yeah. I, I we've never yeah. i've never eaten there no i've never eaten there either but like every time i see it i'm like is that new <laughs> like i don't know it's I, I know it's not but it's just weird i guess i just assumed it was counter service and i didn't really i didn't really think anything of it i'm like oh, i'm not gonna eat there you know you got the jolly holiday right next door right that's what the place we're talking about uh, jolly holiday is it's a little further down and it, little it took down. the place of the it, uh, the bakery that was on the corner there the blue ribbon bakery yeah basically moved down to jolly holiday jolly holiday is fantastic i love the jolly holiday that's great yeah but I don't like the this name. is if if you want to sit down for a little bit longer, even mm-hmm. if, if you're if you're comfortable enough to to go to rope drop and have breakfast instead of <laughs> running to seven rides. Right. Sit down, have breakfast there, lunch, dinner. They're also available. It's very nice. Um, all of the meals fall into the twenty dollar ish range. Um, so save up, uh, save up some cash. It's, I mean, it's, it's regular sit down Disney fare. It's not as expensive as blue Bayou, but you know, it's a little, it's a little more than going to Jolly holiday and getting, you know, a pastry and moving on. Okay. They don't sell alcohol here at present, uh, because, uh, you know, the only person who's ever drunk alcohol on main street is Walt himself up in his apartment with his Tom and Jerry's. That's true. Uh, or if you sneak <laughs> it in. Well, yeah, that's not true. But. <laughs> well, yeah. legally. But, yes. Well, uh, but yeah, you know what? Walt and his pals never got to eat a fried pickle or a house-made plant-based bean patty burger on Main Street either. So take that's true. that, Walt Disney, and yeah. 
Dick Nunes and Card Walker and all of the rest of you Disneyland folks. That's right. What a time to be alive. Plus one for progress. Yes. Yeah, we got it. On Main Street, USA. That's what Eric is eating. This music is how you feel when you walk out of that place. Right. Got to strut. You got to do the Tobey Maguire in his black suit. That's right. All right. Well, speaking of... uh... Potatoes? Did you say potatoes? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, potatoes. Speaking of sure. potatoes, speaking of meat and potatoes, let's get to uh, today's show topic, which is what is a Disney adult? Yes, Taryn, why don't topic. why don't you go first? What do you what do you think a Disney adult is? I have uh, several definitions that I've cobbled together from the internet, but I want to hear what you guys have to th- have to have to think. Absolutely. Yeah. How much time do you have? Okay, about. <laughs> Half an hour. Okay, great. Yeah, That's maybe perfect. forty minutes. Okay, so for me, there are varying levels of Disney adults. Um, I do not think that you can squeeze them all into a single definition, unless that what? Def- <laughs> unless that definition is very broad. So I think that the umbrella term Disney adult refers to an adult, aka person over the age of eighteen. <laughs> In- I didn't think we would get this this technical about it. Yes. Who a, in- human person, a human Darian person. A human person. Yeah. Who enjoys <laughs> Disney-related content and attending parks with or without children. Okay. That's the umbrella term. Now, under that umbrella term, I'm breaking it into four different levels. There is the, quote-unquote, the Disney Disney adult. These are the people who are obsessed with all things Disney. Disney movies, Disney merch, Disney parks. Disney can do no wrong. And when they do, watch out because this Disney adult won't be mad. They'll just be disappointed. Mm. And this Disney adult has room in their has a room in their house or at the very least a shelf dedicated solely to Disney paraphernalia. Mm. Now, <laughs> the so <laughs> Well, you 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 figure out where you, where you land here, okay? So the next one, the nostalgia Disney adult. This level of Disney adult is the park Disney adult. This uh, DA, is what I'm referring to him as, uh, grew, Please don't. <laughs> grew up with uh, the bubble VHS tapes of Disney movies and watched the Disney Channel a couple times a year when they had it for free. Um, they went on vacations to the parks with their parents and now years later, after experiencing the joyless nature of adulthood, see the parks as a nostalgia-fueled haven from real life they buy merch they know some history about the rides they're desperate to eat at club 33 maybe even have a podcast dedicated to the parks i don't know but they don't believe that disney or the parks do everything right in fact because nostalgia is the leading factor here they tend to be the most critical and the most vocal when disney makes a change that they don't agree with now the next one the new disney adult This is a level similar to the Nostalgia Disney adult, except they don't go to the parks as a kid. They didn't go to the parks as a kid as often. And while they saw Disney movies as a kid, it's not their motivating factor. These Disney adults found friendship through Disney. Perhaps it was their boyfriend or girlfriend who was a Nostalgia Disney adult, and they were along for the ride. This DA has newfound love for Disney. They love Marvel, Star Wars, The Simpsons. At the parks, it's the details, the immersion in the fantasy world, the new foods, the events, the Instagram post that draws them in more than the nostalgia. They are often seen taking videos of themselves talking into their phones. Now, 
the last one, the rowdy Disney adult. Now, these are the guys who tend to ruin it for everyone else. They are high energy, loud adults whose first stop at Disneyland is Oga's Cantina because they have to get their alcohol first. They are like the hype man at a basketball game, except when things don't go their way, they are vocal and often angry. These are the ones who make it into the news, unfortunately. These are... I feel like I'm going regret, to regret saying this, but these are the Disney gangs. And of course, within the gangs are individuals who fit into the other categories, but as a whole, the social clubs sort of fit into this category. Rowdy Disney adults have a passion for Disney, but are at times too entitled to express that passion appropriately. And those are my four categories of what a Disney adult is. Okay. Hmm. I think social clubs, yeah. I mean, for the most part, no, but there are those outliers, the white rabbits, those people who like to stir up trouble. It's the ones that, that I thought, it. I, But I think they're all sort of dead now. I think like that whole deal with the white rabbits killed social clubs. Well, so I thought so too, except I was listening to a podcast and they interviewed people who, and it, it was recent within the hmm. last like month and They've interviewed people who still talk about their clubs, like as if they're still going on, which I thought was very interesting because I agree with you. I was like, I don't think those are a thing anymore. Yeah, that's uh, that's very weird to me. Yeah. Was the Main Street Fanny Packers one of them? Because no. I I did wear my uh, fanny pack once you uh, did. on my last trip. boy. Well, well, I wear I it every time. That. Yeah. It's just a convenience now. It, it depends on what you're putting. I, I, I basically put like my park ticket in there and also a battery. There you go. Just one, yeah. though. Just one. It's a big battery, to be fair. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, uh, Eric, yeah, what I, is a Disney adult to you? What, what's your definition? Oh, man. I, I mean, this all comes out of some of these these high-profile incidents that have come along. The, yeah. the am I the a-hole sort of thing saying... Well, I just really wanted to have a magical experience and forget the rest of my family. Let's have a wedding where I can take a picture with Mickey and maybe maybe smooch him on the nose a little bit. And uh, the rest of my family had to eat out of a vending machine in a, a dim corridor. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the way it's presented, right? Uh, speaking as a childless millennial, <laughs> <laughs> which was the previous version of Disney Adults, I, I don't know. I, I, I like going with family. I like going alone with my wife to to Disney World and Disneyland. I, I think the things have have changed. The the fan base has has split in some ways. And yes, there are some people that do sort of fit the mold of Disney as a as a religious experience. Sure. Absolutely. As some as some people have pointed out, like not necessarily a new dogma not not a new religion not a new cult but but we fit that 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 fanatic experience saying that a fan really comes from a fanatic somebody who is totally devoted to an idea a certain practice there are people that have developed their their disney experience around no when i go i get there and i go left and I go to the Tiki Room and I get a Dole Whip and I get the Dole Whip and I watch the Tiki Room show. And then when I leave there, I, I, I exclaim, my goodness, the amount of clacking was slightly, slightly more clacking than last time. Oil those gears, yeah. Disney. What's what's JPEG doing to this? The right. Walt's vision. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. It, there, there are so many nuances around everybody who really cares about, uh, about Disney experiences. And uh, that's, uh, that's one thing. And you can also have it completely on the opposite side. You can say that Disney has really fostered a lot of this. You can say that Disney. Uh, oh, I we'll get say, into that for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 It, it, Disney really does promote this sort of lifestyle. They have made Disney become a lifestyle brand where it's more than just here's the place for somebody who says these parks are only for children. I'm like, you, Okay, you're wrong from the start because Walt created these parks because he wanted to have a place where he could enjoy rides with his children. Okay, (laughs) but you could also say uh, they have a lot of premium experiences that children can't enjoy unless they're very rich children. Well, yeah, that's that's a lot of it. Well, all right. Well, look, here's here's what uh, the things that I have gotten together from the Internet about what a Disney adult actually is. And let's see if we agree with them. I don't know. We're just breaking it down. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's time. Okay. Uh, the term Disney adult has been developed to be a negative term, but who does it apply to? Is it just for theme park fans? Are you a Disney adult if you like only the movies? I, don't, I mean, maybe, but I think you're also, you know, broken inside. Okay. The first <laughs> definition is one, an eccentric or theatrical person who is often overly positive and lacks the self-awareness to know when people find them disruptive or annoyingly cloying. Disney adults often like to talk about how quirky and weird they are, as if they think of themselves as playing a lovable character in real life. To me, that's written for a specific person. Yes, like, <laughs> this, like, this is like their cousin who right. they, they just wrote that about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. That's uh, But that's somebody's version of That's this. someone's version. Uh, this is all from... Uh, yes, yeah. This is from uh, Urban Dictionary, so, you know, who oh, knows? Oh, jeez, okay. Uh, another one, a person who is extroverted in the extreme and has an immature obsession with sticking out and being weird. I mean, there is you- nothing extroverted about most Disney uh, adults, I think. Yeah, I, I take umbrage, yeah. umbrage <laughs> with that statement. I feel, well, first of all, you're being weird. I feel like these are these two are written for uh, from like uh, middle school kids talking about their stepmoms. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, this one was a little bit uh, more on the nose, I thought. A millennial adult with or without kids that can't stop talking about Disney, including the movies and the parks. Even if they do have kids, they're still way more obsessed with that than their kids ever would be. They probably engage in casual Disney bounding and visit the theme parks at least once a year. They are obsessed with everything Disney and probably have a Mickey Mouse bumper sticker and or tattoo. One of the most terrifyingly intense people you'll ever encounter. (laughs) That that one's not far off. It's not really, no. But it but it still has that negative connotation where I don't think I don't. I don't think it necessarily has to. I think we have to take back the term. But, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what we're doing it sound here today. Vaguely sexual, where I'm like, eh, that's on. Un- no, I, I'm not <laughs> dressing up in like a Mickey Mouse suit and going to conventions and having well, casual Disney bounding, not Disney ca- bondage. Casual, casual Disney bondage. <laughs> yeah, Disney yes. bondage is different, Eric, and yeah. we'll talk oh, about that okay. on the next show. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I got anyway. Um, here's another, uh, another definition. A Disney adult is not just a person above 18 who goes to Disney. A true Disney adult is a person so infatuated with Disney that their entire personality is centered around the franchise. These people live and die for a mouse with pants. They sob at the fireworks 
and their life revolves around their next Disney vacation. Yeah, but that doesn't, that's not, nobody's like that. There are, yeah. People do not. uh, I I think that there are. Really? Yeah. There are people who, I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot like, um, I, I don't know, your favorite movie director or your favorite sports team. You know, if you put your whole personality on if the 49ers are good or not or whatever, right? Um, it's sort of the same thing as as really liking to go to Disneyland or really enjoying all of the Disney movies. And, you know, you wear Mickey Mouse shirts 365 days a year and all you do is talk about Disney things and whatever. I don't know. That's sort of uh, I mean, it's a little more mean spirited, of course, but yeah, it's just a little hard for me because people are more complex than that. And so it's really hard for me to go like, yes, that's the you know, like. It feels so judgmental. Yeah, but well, I, I think, think all of these are. Yeah. 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 The whole I think term that's is. where we go, where I'm sure we'll talk about this more as we as we progress through this this complex and interesting topic. Why when you look at a sports fan, when you look at somebody who oh, I buy a, I buy a new jersey every year from my from my favorite sports team, I yeah. I buy the 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 main guy from the sports team, I buy his jersey. And a new hat every year, and I wear it uh, until they win a game. And we go, oh, that guy's not that that weird. That's normal. It's normalized. Right, right. No, everybody likes everybody likes sports. Yeah. Everybody wants to uh, get involved with the sports and uh, buy the most authentic jersey and or hat or whatever. That's not that weird. But when we look at Disney people, we uh, it's starting to switch. It's starting to say. Well, they're getting out of hand, right? <laughs> well, yes, and I and it's it's internet. The internet is responsible for that. You know, I feel like if being a Disney adult, quote unquote, was more normalized before the internet, it wouldn't be this much of an insult. But it is definitely crafted to be an insult. And mm-hmm. here's here's a quote from an article I got to, on the internet. However, being a Disney adult is nothing short of an embarrassment. A Disney adult is someone who lives and breathes the brand, buying limited edition mouse ears and popcorn buckets and branded fitness trackers the moment they drop, constantly posting free advertisements for the park in the form of Cinderella's castle and purple wall selfies. So named for the violently mauve wall in Tomorrowland, which I, that's a great descriptor. Violently <laughs> mauve. Whilst wearing rose gold mouse ears. To declare oneself a Disney fan in adulthood is to profess to being nothing less than an uncritical bubblehead ensconced in one's own privilege, suspended in a state of permanent adolescence, raised on a diet of wasp-wasted princesses and talking animal sidekicks and dancing candelabras, refusing to acknowledge the grim reality that dreams really don't come true. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of language. That person's really mad. That's a lot of language. That that journalist is entranced by his own exuberance or hers, their their own exuberance. I, I mean, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting, man. And then, uh, you know, here's uh, I think this is article was from Insider. She goes, uh, this person goes, uh, take Olivia Deuce, 24. For example, the Utah native became a massive fan of Disney in college and now runs a Disney themed fashion page on Instagram. Quote, I think being a Disney adult just means you're an adult who loves Disney. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, if that's the case, then show over. It's fine. Then. I mean, literally, you just pick the two words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, a bookworm is a worm who loves books. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think cotton candy is candy that feels like cotton. <laughs> <laughs> the, the good, These are all facts. Good right? insight. Yeah, this is such a good. This is such a good. I'm sure the the uh, the journalist is like oh, Olivia. Can you give me anything else other than yeah, yeah? <laughs> Some popular hobbies throughout the fandom include visiting Disney theme parks, streaming Disney Plus, <laughs> which I love. That's my hobby. Whoa, yeah. I my man. I'm so I'm so into Disney. My, it's my hobby. Oh yeah. What do you do to celebrate your hobby? It's, it, consume Stream. content <laughs> I, I watch the simpsons yeah while i go to bed every night yeah but i don't do it because i like the show i li- i do it because i'm such a fan of disney um and collecting disney merchandise but whether you participate in one of those activities or all of them you're still paying up to disney janani janani parker 36 told insider that she's been a disney fan quote since the womb little dramatic which sort of like goes back to and as i read these it it sort of recalls what those definitions that i pulled earlier yeah (laughs) i don't know man obsession was sticking out and being weird saying i've been a disney fan since the womb okay cradle to the grave yeah you're a little over dramatic but that's fine okay we know whatever you want to do man um, speaking with Insider, she recently uh, recalled a, tr- a shopping trip taken with her goddaughter during which they stumbled upon a $15 Mickey Mouse pin. I told my goddaughter, being a Disney fan is expensive, and it is also emotional, Parker said. It is? I don't know. I it don't shouldn't know. be. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, first of all, $15 well, for a pin. I don't know. Is it a nice pin? Is it a refillable pin? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends. A pen? or a, Oh, I thought it was a, P-E-N. a pin. Yeah. Oh. oh. Oh, yeah. pin. Yes. Oh. A, pen. a pen, not a pin. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I have a refillable Disney pen that I've been using for like 25 years. So there you go. That would be worth $15. Yeah. Well, is it emotional for you? <laughs> yeah. It, it would be emotional if somebody stole it. Parker said she's heard critics say Disney adults are, quote, weird and don't live in reality. And she's also heard that they are childish and immature. They think we don't have real jobs, real bills, and real lives, Parker said of critics. I used to get upset and frustrated, but now it's like they just don't know, and I feel sorry for them. I wish they were here on my level of happiness and joy. I sort of like that quote because I think that's really what Hmm. I want to focus on about the Disney adult term. It It is people just, you know, dumping on other people's happiness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's weird. You know, we get enough of that sort of, you know, especially in this climate right now, politically or, you know, even, um, you know, environmentally, like how much you're doing for the environment or just every every subtle thing, every every decision that you make, somebody has an opinion on it. And as a person who makes his living on having opinions, it's sort of annoying. It is. And I, I would only say that there is there is. Some of the the Disney adult, I think the the problem is that the entitlement that comes along with somebody who, specifically with park. Let's let's just talk about people who go to the parks a lot. Yeah, I, that's what I think of when I think of Disney adult. I guess my yeah. de- that's my definition. If you just like the movies and you're like obsessed with you know 
I don't know, man, um, Herbie goes bananas or Herbie goes ballistic or whatever the one where he joins the Navy is. Um, But uh, that was a joke. That was an Eric joke where I just wanted to state that I made a a joke. I I scripted that. Yes, I'm I'm the show writer now. Um, But, uh, you know, if you just like the movies and whatever, I don't know that that makes you necessarily a Disney adult. I think it's I think it's a fanatical obsession with the parks. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's not being able to shut up about it. Yeah. Those are my two definitions. I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is those two things, I think, sometimes lead to issues at the park. It, um, And then that's where everybody gets a bad rap and you, you have to sort of, you don't have to, but the media does. They've got to label this thing. What is this thing? It's not just like, it's not just a person that threw a tantrum at the park it's a disney adult that threw a tantrum you know like and i think that's where it goes from that like you're um making fun of people for for their happiness versus like putting a label on something to describe like something odd that's going on Mm -hmm. i don't know i guess uh, yeah now what do you think about the opposite tantrum that it's the the person who has gone out on a limb to say disney adults are ruining Disneyland because I had to wait in line to see Anna and Elsa with my children. And there were like 10 people in their thirties who wanted to meet Anna and mm-hmm. Elsa. I, I've, I've heard that complaint in various U- YouTube settings and, and on Reddit saying, but my children want to see the thing. Why do I have to wait in line behind a bunch of adults who also right. want to see mm-hmm. the thing? No, that's a good example. And I think um, I think that does then go back to what Jason was saying, where, like, you're literally just, like, crapping on someone's happiness. Like, if that makes uh-huh. them happy to stand in line and meet with Elsa, why does that bother you? Like, because your kid doesn't get to do it first? Well, if it wasn't these people, it'd be ten kids in front of you. I mean, it's not – I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, on that point, I think some of this, and it just it's a question for, for I, I understand this is sort of a weird, you know, show. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah. know, I apologize if it doesn't really fit in with our, our normal sort of like, you know, history and, you know, kind of having fun. But I guess, I don't know, I, I, I have a good time trying to, trying to get into the weeds on some topics. But I think, or I wonder if a lot of this hate sort of comes from, you know, being a Disney fan in general is sort of like a class Sist, a caste system, right? Class, whatever. Class war, war uh, whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I get confused between class system and caste, but I don't know if caste system is like. System. Well, I mean, there's there's two, oh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but I think you're thinking of class. I think I'm thinking of class, but like you know, you have the the middle class and then the upper middle class and then the super wealthy and then the rich, but then you also have the poor people who go, you know, once every five years, maybe because that's what they can afford or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if some of this term Disney adult is really used to apply to upper middle class Mm -hmm. folks and, and up who are used to using their privilege to go all the time. And it's sort of a jealousy thing. I could see that. Not in a bad way because you know, it's like, okay, well I see you on Facebook or you come into the office and you start telling me, but you're going back to Disneyland for the third time in four months. I'm annoyed because number one, I don't want to hear about it because mm-hmm. I can't afford to go. Yeah. Number two, I, I'm trying to work. Shut up, Janet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I wonder if some of that Disney adult sting is because of the, it's almost like 
instead of driving a flashy car, I'm going to talk to you about how many times I go to Disneyland and I bought the bucket and I have all the gear and I do all the stuff at the parks and I got the VIP tickets and I got the thing. You just won't be quiet about it. Well, I think you're onto something because I just thought about something like think about that person that goes to Disneyland park to stand in line for a popcorn bucket for six hours. Mm -hmm. Like that person has a lot of money that they can waste an entire day at Disneyland standing in line for a popcorn bucket. Well, right, because that popcorn bucket didn't cost you 25 bucks. It cost you the price of that ticket. Yeah. Plus that 25 bucks. Plus probably parking, like all of this stuff. And so that person is really the ones that, that, yeah, yeah. When Then when you're on your family vacation that you saved up for three years, like, I mean... Those are different levels of people. And I think that's why I had to break it down into levels. And and mine were sort of like joking and levels. But like, I think that's kind of where my brain was trying to get at. Because I think that it does have to do with that on like a, on a more serious level. I think you're right. I think it is kind of like a class system. Because, you know, a lot of people can't go to Disneyland. It's not even an option. Yeah. And so. And that's only getting worse. Yes. As, yeah. as the barrier to entry to Disneyland is increasingly um, thicker mm-hmm. <laughs> for people, especially in this economy and just the way, you know, a, a lot of companies are just chasing profits. You know, the, I read somewhere that like Shell gas, they made like $9 billion in profit. Yeah. But the gas, they're just raising the, the prices of gas. Like it's 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 just astronomical how companies are just, they're chasing the dollars as much as possible, and they're keeping everybody sort of struggling like that. And Disney's no, I mean, Disney does the same thing. Well, Prices th- go up, portions come down. Here's a new thing. Well, now you have this Magic Plus band, but now you have to charge it all the time. Well, that feeds you into the fuel rod system in the parks. That means you have to go buy this other thing. And it's just like, why, why is everything just um, an obstacle course? I just want to come in and have fun. Well, and you can't, and that's the thing. And I think that that, I was talking to a coworker about this today because I was talking about how I was doing this show tonight. And she brought up an interesting point because they are raising the prices and it's to keep it exclusive. It is actually to keep people out. It's to make it less affordable because if everybody can afford it, it's not special anymore. Well, it's not working. It's not working. Right. And so a couple things on that one, it was never meant to be that. And so that's the frustrating part. It's, you know, like Eric was saying in the beginning, Walt made this as a place to have families enjoy. Mm-hmm. He didn't say who, just families, yeah. just everybody can come in. But also the amount of fights that there have been, and I don't know if, and I want to get to this in a second. I don't know if it's the um, sort of Disney blog you know, sphere that highlights these moments. They've always maybe happened, but now we have people who are just trying to get clicks where they read a a police report or they hear a rumor, they see a video on Reddit. Now that's 10 articles get written. I wonder if, I wonder if the, the, the amount of fights have increased over the past, you know, two or three years, or that's just, they've always been there, but now we're, you know, shining a lens on them. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's, that's part of it because when you say have to save, well, now I can't go on my Disney vacation for another month because I have to save that extra month because prices went up 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, for one person, 10 bucks a day, maybe not, but I have three kids. Right. So we all know we have to plan more. So now I have to push this out one or two months. I'm kind of a little mad, but I'm going to go anyway. I think when you step into the park, 
you're sort of already on edge mm-hmm. and everything has to be such a, a much higher level of engagement yeah that you can be you know you can be on edge and i and i don't know that necessarily really has anything to do with disney adults specifically but there is some of that that tension mm-hmm. and then i think if you're having to save for a couple extra months and you have people going two, three, four times a year, just like it's nothing. Now, just take a day trip, whatever. Take a weekend, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those people are going to be called Disney adults by the people who have to save because it's it's a what is the term pejorative? Yeah, um, it's an insult. It's insulting. It's supposed to make that other person feel bad for sort of, you know, flaunting wealth, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's an interesting take. on the whole thing. Yeah, I thought so, too. Um Here's okay. So let's go on a little bit um, to the lengths that some people will go self-proclaimed Disney adults will go to, to get to the parks. And I think this is a good definition or this at least falls into to the definition uh, and maybe can be used to differentiate Disney adults between from Disney fan. You can be a fan and yes. an adult, but it doesn't make you a Disney adult. Yeah, and I guess that's the differentiation that I can't seem to find. Well, because there there isn't, so I think we're just here to set it. Let's do it. There, there's okay. Anyway, eight weeks after her youngest son was born, Carrie, a forty-seven-year-old educator who lives in Chicago, made the thirty-hour-long drive to California to spend three days at Disneyland. Very little will keep me from Disney, Carrie told in an interview in June. First of all, Disneyland is not Disney. I know. Whenever somebody says that, I'm like, well, you're not a Disney adult. (laughs) Yeah. She estimates she's been to Disneyland more than 25 times and said that during that one of her many trips, she carried her son around with a wrap over her shoulder, nursing him as she walked. Go to the nursing station. Take a break. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's that's a commitment level where. It's a detriment to yourself. It might It might be. I mean, she might just really like doing it. Maybe she just enjoyed moving around when she nurses. I don't know. Yeah. I've never nursed a child before that anybody knows about. <laughs> Last year, she made the truck with her family to Disney World in Florida three separate times in a year. Three times in a year. For two of the trips, she and her family basically drove straight there, she said, spending about 20 hours in a car to enjoy three nights exploring the Magic Kingdom. During another drive to the Orlando-based amusement park, the family spent two extra days there, though the fun didn't come without a bit of worry. She says, I agonized over whether it was the right thing to do, but those trips really helped us get through the year. She said, I have some guilt around the fact that the pandemic hit people so hard, but we were still able to do that. So some self-awareness mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I, you know, is she a Disney adult? I don't know, I guess, but is it a bad thing? Yeah, no, like, you she, can't you can't read that story and think this person no. is is bad. And I think she's trying to provide like a fun environment for her family. She's doing yeah, like she's doing what she's supposed to be doing as a parent, yeah. in my opinion. And what know? she's able to do. And I think right. that I mean, but I think there's that self-awareness. And I think maybe the biggest factor of being a Disney adult is that you lack self-awareness. Maybe that's generally the it, in most of these like new terms that are pejorative. I, that's the case is it's it's the people who are not self-aware of it. I think. Yeah, it's it's the going on to Reddit and saying, hey, Am I wrong? Am I wrong here? And everyone on the internet going, yeah, yeah, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you you might've thought that you, you made a good decision. 
you might have thought that was a good investment for you, but for the the general public, we 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 all pretty much say, yeah, that's that's negative. That's right. that's disruptive. It's wrong. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. Well, and then so, you know, here's this other story. I once took an Elsa doll with me to Disney World and carried it with me the entire time. This is from 32-year-old Kendra, referencing a trip she took when she was 24. Crayla, another Disney loyalist in her 30s, once prioritized going to Animal Kingdom over reconciliation with her boyfriend, (laughs) saying the two broke up midway through a vacation. Quote, as devastating as that was, all I could say and all that mattered was that I was going to Animal Kingdom with or without him. Bye. Yeah, to me that doesn't that to me that's not necessarily a symbol of how dedicated you are to Animal Kingdom, but that's how it reads. It's more of like how much of a jerk your boyfriend was and yeah. it's a good thing you broke up with him. Well, yeah. and also then back to the Elsa thing, holding the Elsa all around. At first I was like, god, that is so cringy. Like I and I was just like, ew. And then you said the age and you said like what, 24? Yeah. When I was 20 Two, my friend and I would go, we had passes, we'd go to Disneyland like almost every weekend and we each carried our sword and we each had like five giant jeweled cheap rings from Disneyland and we dressed up like pirates, but not really. We just carried those things around the park every time we went. <laughs> so like, as soon as I remember that, I'm uh, like, oh uh, yeah, that's, it is, it's still cringy, but yeah, that's what you do in your twenties. Just anything. Who did that hurt? Right. 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 It doesn't hurt anybody. That's the thing. Yeah. But you know, we like to, uh, we like to judge, uh, the unbridled joy grown Disney enthusiasts revel in is not always understood by other adults. Some feel that the Disney adult designation is, uh, not very good. Others consider House of Mouse fans terrifying, as writer Tom Haynes did last year, saying, quote, Disney is designed to appeal to people of all ages, but it's for children and the adults who still obsess over it desperately needed. Are, uh, hold on. Disney is designed to appeal to people of all ages, but it's for children and the adults who still obsess over it desperately need to acquire a kink or at least a hobby. Kit. Oh, <laughs> which is you know funny that person is just a sad human being <laughs> yeah yeah like, come on i know i know i mean i i and i'm pulling these from a lot there's been a lot of articles written about disney adults especially in the last couple years um but i did manage to use uh google trends to look up the search term disney adults oh and there's no there's no reporting before January of 2004, and I don't know if that means anything. If that's just when they started, you know, mining that yeah. data or whatever, but it's definitely January 2024 or 2004. Excuse me. Uh, there were 14 search terms, and it just goes up. Mm-hmm. It just it goes up from there, um, especially around you know July 2020. It sort of dipped 36 search terms, and then. Um, you know, peaking about October 20, you know, 2021, but 93 search terms. And that's, uh, or, or, you know, the interest, whatever it actually really means. Hmm. Um, it's not, it's not specific search terms. It's just a a value of a hundred is the peak popularity for the term. Hmm. So it's almost peak popularity. And that's about when like a lot of these articles were written and then it sort of, you know, keeps, keeps climbing. Now the search term Disney adult specifically 
um, you know, was, was, you know, again, popular in 2004. Uh, it was most popular October, 2005. And then it never really quite hit that level. Um, but it's still, you know, still fairly, fairly popular going along. So it's been a long time since people have been searching that term, that phrase, Disney adult. Interesting. Yeah. That surprises me actually. Me too. Honestly. Sarah in the chat said something interesting that I think um, is very poignant to this discussion. Other adults hate seeing other adults happy if they aren't. Oh, sure. And I think wow. that's really true. <laughs> that's very profound. It is. Sarah. And it's, that's great. it's true. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just children in that. Yeah. <laughs> in that right? regard. Yeah. You're, yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's interesting from my perspective coming from a lifelong Walt well, Disney World perspective mm. where I went to Disneyland and I'm like oh, these entitled Disneylanders with their annual passes. This is my first time here. And all I can see is Californians who are like, hey, bro, I held the place in line for you, bro, while you got us seven beers. Yay. <laughs> and it, things like that i'm like oh this is what it, this really is a regional theme park and i mm. the, the first time i went was after years of indoctrination through <clears throat> years up podcast there you go and another <laughs> disneyland podcasts where i i've been so much to walt disney world where it's nowadays there are so many more people who are invested in Walt Disney world. And there are people who are there for that lifestyle experience. But at like at the time when I first started coming to Disneyland, it was, it was different. It it, it felt different because Walt Disney world was, well, people from around the world come here and people save up so much to come here, but Disneyland, they're like half the people here have an annual pass and they're coming here like every day. That was yeah. the impression I got the first <laughs> time I went like everybody here has been here 900 times. Yeah. Now that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that it wasn't really that annoying. It was just a few times from like, well, they're, I guess it's not bad to let people, okay, I guess if you had to run to the restroom, okay, fine. Or people that knew the tips and they're like, I'm going to run off and I'm going to get beers for everybody. And we're going to, I'll meet you at this part of Midway Mania because I know at this point in the line, I can just hop right in easily and it won't be that disruptive and we'll all have beer for the rest of the line. That sort of thing where it, it was quasi, oh, they figured this place out. And and also partially, well, it, it feels weird because I've never been here before. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I, I, yeah, it, over over the la- the last few years, I've it, my perspective has changed because I've been to Disneyland Park so many more times since 2016 with, with my first my first trip, and both Disneyland and Walt Disney World have become more. I feel some of that entitlement. I feel like that familiarity where it's more than just, I was here like five years ago. It's probably over that way. Just head over. I don't need the map. Just go that way. I think that's where it is. It's become something that's so familiar. And I, I can see why people look at people like us and go, Okay, come on. You're here too much, aren't you? This place was not <laughs> built for you. Right. And at the same time, 
they really do build it for us. They, they oh, know for sure. Disney knows that we're coming back. Well, I mean, OK, look, dude, you can't tell me that uh, Walt built the bathroom of tomorrow in Tomorrowland for children. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's all there's always been um, an adult bend Mm -hmm. to the thing because adults need entertainment, too. Captain EO is not for children. Right. Um, By the way, kid, we're riding we're we're flying model airplanes in Tomorrowland right now. It's it's the early 60s and children should not be flying an airplane. That's right. Uh, Here's another excerpt for Jesse, whose interest in Disney has grown gradually. The appeal lies in its escapism. Disney, to me, represents a safe, magical space where the weight of the world and its problems disappear. If I'm stressed at work, I listen to Disney instrumentals in the background and everything seems lighter. Jesse's sister, Missy, 37, is an even bigger fan, she said. Between the two of them, the sisters estimate they have spent at least sixty to $75,000 per person going on trips to Disney, though they suspect it's probably more. Missy told me that Disney parks and resorts are sort of go-to for her as well, especially on a hard day. Like, when I have my children and I'm up nursing in the middle of the night and I'm exhausted, I turn on Disney videos and YouTube and watch people walking through the parks. I I have to, not with that particular part, but um, there is definitely, and this is going to go back to what you said earlier that we were making fun of, but there is an emotional yeah. aspect to Disneyland, at least for me, yeah. where I think that that is true for for me, I the weight of the world is not present when I step foot into that park. Um, and it means a lot to me. And I think that's actually part of why I'm very anxious to get back right now after not going for a couple of years and for the reason that we haven't gone for a couple of years and why and it was shut down for a year like all of these things and like I'm probably going to ball my eyes out when I walk in there because it it is like this place for me that lets go of all of this. Like we've been during some times where I was having a lot going on in my life and family and stuff. And whenever we were there, it's just different. It's yeah. just life is different when you're it there. It is. Well, they do a really good uh, job. I think I mentioned something like that. I uh, have another excerpt, but uh, I want to I want to mention this part too. This is a continuation of Jesse's story. Jesse believes a common misconception about Disney adults is that they aren't people who are well-traveled, which I think is true. Hmm. Yeah. You know, the conception of Disney adult is like, well, all you do is go to Disney parks. Yeah. So what do you know about, what do you know from culture? What do you know about anything? You know yeah. about standing in line, right? And spending $11 for a beer. Yeah. Uh, but she has visited more than 50 countries. The parks still come out on top. <laughs> wow. Quote, many of the best memories of my life were spent at Disney World. She said her sister corroborated this with a story. I remember Jesse was in Zimbabwe on a trip and I remember her saying to me, it's amazing and it's incredible in so many ways, but I really, really miss animal kingdom right now in Disney. (laughs) Busy said, I feel like that's something that any other person would hear and think that we're absolutely crazy. We probably are. (laughs) I do think that's a little, I mean, I, so in one of the notes I had was how does the Disney company sort of, foster and encourage these thoughts in us as Mm -hmm. adults right Mm -hmm. that so much of that park and the park experience is geared towards adulthood i mean the uh the parks are you know tested over time they're 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 crafted spending thousands of hours developing a thing for everybody to enjoy but it's sort of more geared towards adults you know it's like um 
cartoons like SpongeBob, right? Which is geared for kids, but they have adult jokes in there too, mm-hmm. and adult situations. So the adults will laugh. It's the same. It's the same sort of you know thing. Right. Well, if it was just a kids' park, you didn't have to do all of this. Kids don't right. care so much about immersion. They don't care about theming. They don't care about good food. They don't care about music down down Main Street. None of that matters to kids. They just want to go on the ride or see the character. All of that stuff is to make it a great place, but it's for adults. Yeah. You know what I forgot to do is take a break. So let me take a break real fast. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up because it's almost secret show time. Yes. We're running a little long here, and I apologize about that. But anyway, don't go anywhere, everybody. This is Ears Up. We'll be right back talking about Disney adults and uh, what that means about you. And now, back to the show that's more fun than waiting in line for Peter Pan on a hot August Anaheim day. Ears up. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> We're really more fun than that? I, I feel so privileged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the rumor, dude. Um, but yeah, so anyway, talking gonna real quick about how Disney sort of encourages this. I think it's the internet that does a lot of this. Social media does a lot of this and it sort of spins that cycle of you know you're on social it's a good way one of the ways to to gain a following is to just look super hyper obsessed with disney stuff and take pictures in the parks and do all that kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. that disney sort of caught on to that trend and is now you know makes the uh sequined mouse ears the glittery shiny stuff right the the more adult themed clothing so then the influencers quote unquote can go buy the spirit jersey, take a picture in front of that purple wall, in front of the castle, do a free ad. Mm-hmm. So these people pay for the product, then free ad for the thing to other people to go buy the product. It's a it's just a perfect consumer mill. Absolutely. This is late stage capitalism. We're just eating ourselves and uh we're in the own, we're in our own meat grinder. But I think that sort of elevates the perception of there being even Disney adults. Like going through this conversation, I don't even really think Disney adult is a term. Yeah, it shouldn't even really be a term because it's so hard to define. Right. Because like, are we Disney adults? I mean, we honeymoon in Disney parks like or does that make us Disney adults? I don't know. Maybe. But what does that mean? An adult who likes Disney stuff like that one girl said? Sure, I guess. Does that mean Alice is a Disney child? I think it depends on who you talk to. To to us. I, I know that we are more complex than that. So I'm like, no, we're not like obsessed. Yes, we have a podcast. Yes, we know a lot about it. Yes, we like it a lot. Um, but am I a Disney adult? Not to me. But you talk to somebody who's never been to Disneyland and they you tell them you have a Disney Disneyland podcast. And they're like, oh, God, that's a Disney adult. You know, yeah. like so it's all perspective for sure. Well, then that's sort of what I mean. Yeah, right? you can't. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and then especially if you feed into it, the 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 blog sites, the fan sites who sort of do maybe more to encourage this than even the parks do, mm-hmm. because these people are posting about a new bag or a new set of ears or the garbage can is moved or the you know what I mean? It's just yeah. the slightest change in the parks becomes an article. Yeah. So you're there every day and Disney allows that that right. Disney says, well, Okay, if you really work the system, you can be here every day. And we understand there's a cottage industry around this. We get that there are podcasts and websites and and YouTube video folk who are here every single day. And now what's popular is telling everybody out there, you've got to get here now. 
you got to get here because we got the new bag and the only place you can get the bag is right here. Also, you can get the bag on eBay for six times as much because there is a bunch of people here who waited in line to get the bag. Right. Well, I'm sort of surprised that Disney lets a lot of these reporter, quote unquote, reporters, blockers go into the park so many times in a row. Because you're right. There are people there every day. I'm sure it's not the same people, but I would imagine there's there's got to be there should be some sort of limit because you're just you're limiting. First of all. It's like uh, it's like driving in traffic. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to drive during traffic, don't drive because you're taking up space for other other cars. Same sort of thing. If you don't have to be at the park, if you're not there vacationing, get out, <laughs> go away, take your pictures somewhere else, because all you're doing is crowding the park for people who are trying to have a good time. And all you're doing is sort of promoting the ideal that Disneyland or Disney World is the only place to be the only place to go for vacation. And you're sort of amplifying the negativity around adults who enjoy going to Disneyland without kids. Hmm. But isn't the American ideal to find a way to monetize the thing that you like? We've watched videos on, on walkabout before. We're like, this person seems ridiculous. You know what? This person's actually kind of endearing because they do. After we watched a few videos, we're like, wait, they put in all this effort and they they look at the giants of the industry, the people who have defined this genre, the people who go and say, all right, you pay for me to go to the parks. Here I am at the parks. There's a new brick over here. <laughs> they right. painted that brick. Right. And then we've also got the people who are going, I'm eating the new ice cream right now. Um, I know there have been other videos about eating the ice cream, but now I'm eating the ice cream. What do you think? It's the purple wall. It's it's saying it's Disney going way too late and saying, well, we made some purple wall ears. And people are like, well, purple wall was over like a year ago. (laughs) And other people going into the parks and going, there's a purple wall ears right now. Now I can get in on the purple wall because I don't go to Disney parks every day. I'm here every six months, but now I got to post about it. And it, it's this weird folding on itself where I have friends who go every several years, but every time they go, they take pictures of everything. And when they get back, they post every single thing on Facebook and everybody's like, wow, that's so cool because it's, it's nice to share in that experience. And it's not just a, it's not just an adult thing. It's to say, I, I get that there's an industry around this. I get mm-hmm. that people talk about this all day. I get that people go and do video all day long. They've got their fancy gimbal and they walk around, they take video of things. I'm guilty of this as well. But the average person also wants to share in that experience. Even if they're not going to get 10,000 views, they're going to come back and say, I also took picture a picture in front of that purple wall, and I feel pretty good because I was people liked that purple wall. And you know what? I like it too. And now I'm there. Look at that. I saved up for this. I'm in. I'm in front of that purple wall. Does that make them a horrible person? I, it, does that make them a, a ridiculous consumer? <laughs> yes. That's, <laughs> that, 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 that's level. where America is, though. I know. Well, that's yeah, it's late stage <sighs> capitalism where right. you didn't you don't care about the purple wall until you saw somebody looking glamorous in front of it. Right. And you decide to care. Two years it. later, you're there, too. Right. Why not? But, you know, so is that really 
you enjoying the thing or is it you enjoying feeling like you're that other person? But did you have a good time? Does it matter when you, but is it when you, a guy named like Kevin, you go there and you're like, I I really wanted to, I, I love that video. And everybody's talking about this place. I went there. I ate the burger that looks like a toad. Right. I ate but the is burger. It, is, but is it, is it, I guess my point is, is it your good time or is it the, the vloggers good time that you're just recreating because you think you're supposed to? Is it, if did you have a good time? I don't know. Does it matter? Well, yeah, if you had a good time, did, did then yes. But right. are you, are you having the good time or is somebody else having the good time for you? And you're just, going through this echo of this other person's good time. I think if you're, if you're living someone else's good time, I would argue that that's not as beneficial, I guess, to your psyche as having the good time on your own. But I mean, it doesn't matter. No flip it around and say, there's this vlogger who is on the, is at the French Riviera and saying, guys, you got to come to the French Riviera this summer it's so amazing. I had this amazing gelato. You've got to come here and see the thing. Take the cruise. Um, like and subscribe. Please come to this place. And you go to the place and you go, that was a freaking good gelato. I had a really great time at that place. Is that different? Is that different from Disney? Because there are people doing this right. all day long. It's yeah. just that Disney is more accessible than going to another country yes absolutely and you know i I, i'm not saying that like every vlogger or every blog is is bad but i do think it feeds into this um obsession narrative that quote disney adults have because there is such a cottage industry around it and i think disney feeds into that which they should i mean it makes sense to embrace the Mm -hmm. fan culture around your product it's free advertising. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple things to get through real fast, and, and we should you know wrap it up here. Uh, but I think some of these, these stories are pretty good. Quote, the same people that think it's bizarre to spend thousands of dollars and a lifetime dedicated to something cultish like Disney are the same folks tuning in to watch their favorite sports teams for hours every single week and spending thousands of dollars on merchandise, tickets, clothing, said Jesse, who's partnered but has no children partnered i've never that's a weird i don't know uh the same folks curse at a television screen when athletes they've never met and never will meet drop a ball or miss a shot hundreds of miles away to me that's asinine so to your question i say to each their own now i've been this person before i've yelled at uh you know the tv because you do because you just get emotional about it i don't think it's, it's asinine passion. it's passion mm-hmm. yeah You're it's passion in the moment something. yeah yeah for sure but what i don't do is go to work the next day and then scream at my co-workers about it you that know what i mean true, yeah. and i think that's the, the the parallel that's sort of missing yeah um and this is a you know a pretty good more analytical approach with its emphasis on selling magic moments and making dreams come true disney sells a rather unsophisticated version of wish fulfillment to consumers who willingly spend thousands of dollars on an authentic emotional experience that they know, at least on some level, isn't really authentic at all. Quote, one of the reasons people find Disney adults so abject is that they decide to live in this world because they can, if they pay enough money or buy all the merch. It almost signals a break from regular society or real life, says Idol Gallup, a PhD candidate in sociology who studies memes and fandoms. Who knew you can get, wow. who knew you could just be like, yeah, I'm a, basically going to be a meme doctor. 
That's insane. Uh, he goes on to say, it's very commercialized and engineered and focus grouped. There's a whole lot of work that goes into selling this sort of experience. So it's sort of all perp- perpetuated in this sickly capitalistic style, which is sort of what I was saying, you know, earlier. It's like the the authentic people who go to the parks and say, you know, here I am by the thing. I love it here. It's great. That's, you know, just what you're going to do. But like, I don't know, man, it's those it's the, the calculated people that just look too slick. that take too much time with it. That's what this I don't is the really one like. that will get the likes. Right. And then I can make some money off of Disney. Yeah, for sure, dude. Absolutely. Um, and this, I thought, was a was a good sort of summation of the 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 recent surge, the resurgence in the Disney adult term. It's telling that the anti-Disney adult phenomenon peaked in 2020 at the apex of the pandemic when Disney parks were not even open. <laughs> but that appears to have been kind of the point. At the time, many Disney fans were openly mourning the loss of the parks, and some were even starting to campaign for them to reopen. And in the context of a pandemic that had, at that point, killed hundreds of thousands of people worldwide, that sentiment struck many as tone deaf. Quote, everyone was more online, and there was discussion about Disney's labor practices because of the pandemic, uh, said a German researcher referring to the layoffs and questionable COVID protocols that took place when the parks did ultimately reopen that fall. He goes on to say, people were saying, how can you still defend this company while all of this is going on and people are dying? And, you know, that is that is sort of, you know, highlights the backlash maybe to, to a certain extent that Disney adult fandom got. Mm-hmm. That's Where when I like, first heard about it. For sure. It's like, dude, people are literally dying. We have no control over this. And you want to go to Disneyland? Yeah, that's what you're sad about. You're going right to make now? these poor cast members stand there and breathe your air? Well, and it's also, it, also even to like double up on that, like that's also when um, all the riots were not even riots. They weren't riots. The protests were happening for Black Lives Matter. Like there were yeah. so many more important things going on in the world than Disneyland not being open. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and so I do think that that has a lot to do with this term kind of jumping jumping up and becoming yeah. this derogatory thing which in that in that definition it, yeah. Well, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> what do yeah, we learn? They we're looking at Florida and saying but but Disney World's open, why isn't Disneyland open? We're going are we really I mean, okay. It's open, but do we really want Florida to be our role model right now? <laughs> no. Forever. No. <laughs> no, we don't. I think I learned a lot. Yeah. What did we learn today, Taryn? <laughs> I I don't even know if I could sum it all up, but I did I did learn that I what I'm taking away from this is is that I think you're right. I think that there is a, a class system and I think it's good to remember that when you're talking to your coworkers about the fifth time you've gone this year, that maybe they can't go. And and I think it is good to be self-aware in that that respect that this is a privilege. It's not, you know, it's a privilege that we are choosing to spend our money on. Right. But it is a privilege that not everybody has that option to spend their money at Disneyland. So I think that's a big takeaway. And I think having that self-awareness will inherently not make you a Disney adult. However, I also think we can take back the term 
if we want to. But now that's that's how I meant to. That's how I thought I was going to end up with is like, yeah. yeah, let's just take back the term. It doesn't have to be bad. But I actually don't want to take it back because I don't even think it's valid. Yeah, that's basically what I learned from this is that Disney adult doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. People try to use it as an insult. And um, and it's not it's not yeah. really insulting. I mean, because there's 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 layers to people. And there's layers to people in every fandom. Yeah. Disney is just a fandom just like anything else. And, you know, I will say, like, if, you, if you're, people are calling you a Disney adult in a bad way, maybe just do a little self-reflection because they might just be telling you, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so stop talking about it. Just yeah. chill, like, chill out about the park. You don't own the parks. You, you get to go there. Maybe you go too much. That's fine. That's on you. People, there's no need to dump on everybody's good time. Right. Adults can have fun. Kids can have fun. We don't have to agree on everything. We have sort of become like this um, ego-driven society where if you don't like the thing that I like, I'm now offended. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's okay. We can like different stuff. We can be different people. It's mm-hmm. okay. But we just, you just don't need to tell me about it every time you go, Brenda. Like, yeah. Stop. <laughs> like, I just don't care. Yeah. I think that's. What do you think, Eric? What did you learn? And then we're going to go. We're going to go do I... Seeker Show. I like that. Jason just cut me off. No, I didn't. But that's what I expected from that. I'm oh, oh. sorry. Okay. No, no, man. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, I like that idea. I, I, I like the the thought that we. What are we? What are we trying to recapture here? Who's who's really making fun of Disney adults? Is it people who just want to make waves on the internet? Are we? Are we allowing? Are we the Disney adult? Uh, public allowing other people to just get clickbait off of our own <laughs> misfortunes and our right. fortunes. It, this is just, it, it's, it just doubles back on itself. I, mm-hmm. I don't have any shame in being a Disney adult. And when I found out that it was a, a derogatory term, I'm like, what are you kidding me? Yeah. No, it's a joke amongst my, my friends and family and my, my colleagues like, Oh, you're going to Disney again, huh? Which, which Disney are you going to? I'm like, you, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's, yeah. it's fine. Exactly. It, so yeah. I think we've, I think we've destroyed the term. I think the so. term no longer exists anymore. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Who cares? There we about go. It? Yeah. That's what I've learned. Childless millennial though. That's back. That I is want back. That to be, I want that. Well, back. that's never going away. With a vengeance or something like that. I don't know. All right. We're going to get out of here, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning into the show. I really appreciated it. If you want to stick around, if you are going to stick around for the secret show, I'm going to get that up on YouTube uh, right away while Taryn makes a drink. So that'll be great. Um, if you're listening to this you know, later on and you ever want to hear the secret show, Patreon level, five bucks a month. You get all the backstory, all the, the back show. I don't know. I don't know why I picked two shows where all I'm talking backs. a lot. Yeah. Anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, see you in the parks. You Disney adult. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>